funny. You were scared, weren't you? I wasn't that scared. Yeah, you were scared. <laughs> It is just about Halloween here, and uh, yeah, I got a little thriller for you as our uh, our intro-outro music this week. Well, I am your host, Connor Jones, and uh, this is a production of the Shit Show Fantasy Football Commissioner's Office. This is Helmet to Helmet. I, uh, I can be found on Twitter at uh, rambler underscore jones you can follow the podcast at helmet the number two helmet that's uh, also on twitter it's uh it's been a week ladies and gentlemen and uh well <laughs> it's weeks like these that make it really hard to record a podcast but you know what i'm here anyway and if you would like to show your support for that you can always uh venmo me <laughs> uh or just share with your friends that would be uh just as good trying to get a bit of a listenership here as we move to the halfway mark of at least the fantasy season and uh we look forward to week nine i guess to uh to start us off on this halloween's eve we have a trade that just went through today in the Shit Show Fantasy Football League. Well, that was mighty quiet. Uh, that alert is for a trade involving Austin and his Goodwill Hunting team, and uh, Christian DeLavalette and his team, the Lone Rogers. You see, uh, Austin just lost Will Fuller. He. Uh, he is out for, or not out for the season, perhaps, but uh, I, I might have to take that back. He is out for the season because of his uh, his torn, was it an MCL or ACL? Um, but uh, he went to IR. The, uh, the result being that Austin was scrambling. So he wanted another wide receiver. He found... An excellent trade mate in uh, in Christian. Christian had Aaron Rodgers on his bench, and he had Golden Tate that he had been using as flex. And he said, "You know what? I bet I can flip those for another backup uh, quarterback to his Patrick Mahomes." So he went out and he got Russell Wilson, and he got some running back help with Mark Ingram. So that's a. Uh, that's an interesting trade to me. I think I would have made that trade if I was both the desperate party and the one trying to not take too much advantage of the desperate party here. Uh, that said, Christian, you have to change your team name now because your team name is about Aaron Rodgers and you no longer have him. I will dock you one point in each matchup you play until you... Uh, I'll, I'll amend that. One point per week in each matchup 
that it takes you to change it. So if we get through this weekend, you're going to lose a point. Next weekend will be two points. The weekend after that, three, so on and so forth. And if you don't change it until the playoffs, point totals double in my reduction. So I want a new name. I don't know why it matters that much to me to the point where I will take points away. Perhaps it's because I have no control over anything else according to the way my team's going. But hey, we will get to that in a few minutes. Um, but asking for a friend here, uh, I had somebody come to me in confidence with a, a quick question and, uh, it's, it's a rough one. Um, he's asking, who does he have to blow to get a win? And, uh, I won't, name names, but this is somebody who is used to prior success and or being the one who pays the most attention and therefore doesn't do so bad. Uh, yeah, man, I, what, what do you tell somebody, you know, uh, oftentimes it could be something as simple as you made mistakes. You dropped a guy just before he went off or just before the guy before him, uh, got injured. Uh, you know, the guy before him in the depth chart, that is. And sometimes you just truly play teams when they have their good weeks. Um, the best way to sort of quantify whether you are somebody suffering from uh, a stroke, a uh, stroke of bad luck, that is, or truly just inept, um, there's league history for that. And I think this friend, I, again, won't name names, uh, he, uh, he definitely has had a, a bit of a mixed bag. I think it's partially his fault and partially just bad luck. Um, probably doesn't help that, uh, that this moron traded away for somebody who ended up on IR, but yeah, I guess. Yeah, we'll let you guys figure out who that is. Uh, stepping away from the quick question, and I apologize, this might be a shorter episode this week until we get to the interview. Uh, we have some, uh, some news, and I'm going to focus mainly on, uh, on, frankly, trade news, because we just had the trade deadline today, 4 p.m. Eastern, so... Uh, Without further ado. What, do you live under a rock? So, in, in case you do live uh, live under a rock, that is. Today, Golden Tate got traded from the Detroit Lions to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, uh, I, I was going to give props to Christian, but Christian is um, not a perceptive fella. So I'm not going to say that he knew this, but you can probably uh, you can probably rest assured knowing that he is happy <laughs> to have um, traded Tate away with this knowledge, because that means Tate's probably not going to be useful for at least this week, as he has to learn the playbook, perhaps two weeks. Uh, Austin, you may have gotten a little bit of the shaft in this case. Luckily. You are one of the top two waiver priorities, and a Mr. Marvin Jones Jr., the new uh, 
hotness down there in Detroit. I guess Detroit's up there. Up there in Detroit uh, is on waivers. And unless your own listens to this podcast before you have to submit waivers, which I know for a fact he can't. Uh, in fact, neither will you, Austin. Um, yeah, wow, this advice is useless because I put it out on a Wednesday morning after waivers have run. Ooh. Well, that's some self-reflection there. Uh, anyway, um, we'll see who ends up with Marvin Jones Jr., I guess. <laughs> Maybe no one pays attention and I snuck him, but then I have Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr., so somebody can trade me for one of them. In other news, Demarius Thomas has been traded to the Texans. It appears that uh, the Broncos are high on Cortland Sutton. Sutton rather. So uh, if you're looking for him, uh, he might be a breakout candidate rest of year. Uh, that also offers the Texans a new wide receiver too, since they've just lost Will Fuller. It's a natural fit there. Ty Montgomery, running back slash wide receiver slash fumble artist of the Green, Boy pa- Green Bay Packers, rather, has been traded to the Ravens. I don't know why, but all I know is this kind of hurts Nathan, who is 7-1, and one, and therefore it helps the rest of the league. And, uh, well, the Rams added another first-round draft pick of yesteryear. Uh, they got Dante Fowler, a pass rusher, and they have bolstered their team that already had Aaron Donald and Indomitian Sue. So... Cool. That's basically the LA Dodgers of football now. So they, they've stacked themselves by buying and uh, I I don't hate it. The Rams are not one of my most hated teams, but god damn, that, that's almost getting to the point where it's like pay to play. Uh, and lastly, it looks like the Redskins have traded for, haha, Clinton Dix. I might be pronouncing that slightly wrong. I think it might be Clinton Dix. Um, but uh, either way, that's uh, that's to help the Redskins deep coverage. He's a safety, after all. Um, please don't fight me on how I'm analyzing whether or not he's deep coverage or safeties are versatile. I get that. Don't fight me, Jace. Your stupid fishing analogies. Um, but yeah, that's uh, one more trade away for the Packers. So it makes you wonder, do they think that they're going to be fine without him? Because they, I believe they're in the hunt. It's hard to pay attention to real football when you're only caring about uh, specific players. But, you know, uh, I think it's interesting. It shakes a few things up. Obviously, the uh, the Broncos made their trade uh, and the Lions theirs because they're both not really in the hunt at this point. They could make a run, but it's uh, hard to decide whether you're selling out or not this early. Um, I guess the Broncos just suck, though, uh, as as our guest today will no doubt be willing to wear that badge. Um, speaking of sucking, I, I have... Uh, I've definitely curtailed this next segment because, holy crap, I could go on for hours. 
But you know what? There's only one person who's truly worth bringing up on this. You suck! And that is Jameis Winston. In fact, one drop's not enough. I'm not happy. You suck! You suck! You suck! You suck! You suck! Yeah, that's probably annoying. Sorry, guys. Um, Man, I wish, like, players got notifications when you dropped them so that I could pick up and drop Jameis Winston about a uh, hundred times in a row. Uh, in retrospect, it wasn't really him that ruined my matchup this week. It was my whole team. Uh, specifically, it was someone who was not on my team who was once on my team. And uh, that's... Well, that's for a segment, two segments from now. Uh, but Jameis Winston had run for a touchdown i believe i i i'm i stopped really looking at his points because i uh, maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong here but he uh oh my god i don't even want to look at it so excuse me he had thrown for a touchdown he had 276 passing yards and he had rushed for 18 yards. Now, that's that's not a lot, but that's 16 points. And then he halves it by throwing four interceptions and getting himself benched. Now, uh, I think we have the newest form of the Browns down in Tampa Bay. In that uh, they will always swap to whichever quarterback is not has not just... Uh, thrown six interceptions in the game uh and i've heard of the hot hand approach when it pertained to baseball because that makes sense um you have six eight you know pitchers that can come in as relief you want the guy who's wheeling and dealing you have two quarterbacks and they don't all get a little bit of playtime to see how they're doing. Like, your game is won or lost on who you choose to put in there. So bouncing back and forth is not really that effective. Uh, but who am I to judge? I don't know. This... Oh, this week. I mean... I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say, guys. I'm I'm sure it's uh, evident by how snippy I'm getting in the group chat, which I apologize for on public airwaves, mind you. I'm apologizing. But, um, man, it is so hard to want to set a lineup when uh, you have a team that just craps itself like it did. I, I had some buys, sure. Maybe I was a little deluded to think that with three of my key players, uh, that's Philip Rivers, Julio Jones, and Ezekiel Elliott on bye, that I could beat a team with Big Ben and James Conner, etc. OBJ. Um, but, uh, man, I had some high hopes. That's basically my season in a nutshell. I don't mean to be such a downer, you guys, but holy shit. 
it is hard. It is hard to run a podcast, even when I'm doing it for you guys, especially now. I'm I am, but I had a lot more fun with it when uh, I wasn't certain that my uh, season was shit. So I have a chance. I have a chance to make it into the playoffs uh, with the six positions in the playoffs that we have, but that would require I have to win three of the next five, and the teams I play will make that incredibly difficult. So we'll see. We'll see how things go. You know, this is why we play fantasy though. Based on Austin and my dominance in the last couple of seasons, you would think that we would be kind of stalwarts, that we would be back again. Um, no, that's not how it works every time. This is why we play. I read somewhere uh, about a month or so ago that the NFL proper, not fantasy, uh, their playoff structure is the most random in all of professional sports because any given day, any number of factors can affect the way a game is played and the outcome. You have one player go down, that can change the whole dynamic. You have one big breakaway play, that's seven-point swing. There's a lot of uh, numerous outcomes as far as making it through a single elimination playoff game. So it's no wonder that fantasy football is also so damn unpredictable. Um, but <laughs> I guess on that note, that's it for players who suck. It's I have eyes only for Jameis Winston for this section, who I hope gets to go to court for whatever the fuck shit he uh, caused in that Uber because I don't care if he plays another game of football again. I want him to be an accountant somewhere, small town, and I want people to constantly come in and talk about how his last game in the NFL was four interceptions where he fucked a small California-born uh, aspirational young fantasy football player and podcast host. <sighs> and it lives on in history, so on and so forth. But rant over. Um, as such, I actually don't have a match of the week because quite a few of our matches were pretty far apart. I will give a shout out to, I believe it was Jace. Yeah, Jace for taking on a much better team. Let's be perfectly honest. And, uh, coming home with the win. It only took Drew Brees and Juju Smith-Schuster shitting the bed, but, uh, yeah, you also had quite a few people pop off. That was a great performance from several of your players. Um, man, imagine if you also had Deshaun Watson and Kenyon Drake play, though. Imagine it, Jace. Imagine it. I'm literally breaking Jace's brain right now because he only thinks about the reality that we live in where he's actually done the things he's done. But uh, imagine it, Jace. Somewhere out in the south in some nondescript spot is a little noise happening um but yeah props to you you have made uh you have made john john moosis and his moose maniacs six and two i uh i guess i will fill in the time where i would normally have a lot more detailed things for uh schooled or i have regrets which man maybe <laughs> you guys keep talking about 
the uh, podcast curse. Maybe the real podcast curse is on me. Just thought about that. Because I've had sections where I teach you things that I think about. And now you guys are all doing better than I am. Except for you, your own. Sorry. Um, but I'll give you a roundup instead, since I do not have schooled and I have regrets is just going to be... Uh, literally, I've, I have written in my show doc here, permanently me. So uh, if anybody wants to challenge my right to the throne of I have regrets, bring it on. Please. Please. Uh, okay, so instead, a recap. We have just finished week eight. We are heading into week nine of our fantasy season. We are actually only going to have 13 fantasy uh, regular season games. So that gives us five more. Uh, and then we have a three-week playoff. So uh, in our league, listeners who somehow aren't in our league, or perhaps Christian, who's never bothered to look... Um, our league's broken up into North and South divisions. In the North division is Nathan with his, uh, Kung Brown Chicken. John Moosis with Moosamania. Christian with the Lone Rogers. Uh, Gronk with the Wind. That's yours truly. And, uh, Discount Belichick. That's your own, of course. Uh, and in our South division, we have Make Demarius Great Again. A Mr. Daniel Yost. Um, Christian Mingle, run by Jace. Marty Cohen's Won't Drop David. Uh, Michael and his, uh, Wentz in a Lifetime. And Goodwill Hunting by Austin Machado. So, that's how those are broken up. And when we come to the, the playoffs, it'll be the top of each division. So, at, at this moment in time, that would be Nathan Porteous and Daniel Yost, they get a bye week the very first week of the three weeks of playoffs. And that's great. But even if, let's say, John has a better record than Daniel, he is not in a different division from Nathan, so only one person at the top of each division gets that first week bye. That said, after that, Across both divisions, the best records will fill the next four spots. That means that there are eight people competing for the remaining four spots. And I guess I've kind of glossed over what everyone's record is. Let's, uh, let's get a little bit deeper now that I've explained what's happening for playoffs and the way that might work out. Right now, Nathan Porteous, Nathan's Kung Brown Chicken, is uh, it's 7-1. And right behind him, John is actually 6-2, and two, his uh, division opponent there. In the other division, also at 6-2, and two, is Daniel, my guest this week. And uh, his team's doing pretty alright as they trounced me by almost double the points. Uh, coming up in third is actually, annoyingly enough, Christian. Or excuse me, fourth. Third in the North Division, fourth overall is uh is christian and that puts uh jace at fifth christian is five and three jace four and four marty's hanging right there with jace he's uh he's sixth with uh another four and four record but fewer points scored 
So that's uh, the, de the decision maker there. And then we have uh, Michael, Michael Weatherhead there, with his once in a lifetime is three and five. So he is a game behind that puts him a, a basically a head-to-head -head matchup with either uh, Marty or Jace for a playoff spot. Now that's if the playoffs started today. Obviously things will change, and I will continue to update this as we continue our hunt for the playoffs. I am there in eighth. A nice, I was going to say round, but it's not round. It's it's depressing. I guess teardrop shaped. I'm a two and six, um, which is really obnoxious because I only have like the fourth most, fifth most points score. Eh, okay, maybe I don't have the fourth or fifth most points scored. I would be in the playoffs if it was only on points scored. Let's put it that way. Um, but I'm only two and six, as I said. And then uh, Austin is about 40 points behind me, also at two, at si two and six. That puts him ninth. And your own, our sweet, sweet summer child, is one and seven. And he has ironically not the lowest amount of points scored that uh <laughs> that designation belongs to michael weatherhead so honorary brown star to you um only by six points though so get it together but you know that's uh that's why we play because all these different little factors can determine anything and uh basically being realistic with five games left this is this is how chaotic fantasy football is all right with five games left i'm going to use myself as an example because i live in this like fantasy land where i can somehow pull myself out of this if i win the next five and let's just say someone like nathan at seven and one lost the next five we would be tied at seven and six there is a lot of football left fellas and you know what speaking of a lot of football talk about somebody who has to uh endure a lot of shitty football that would be my guest on phoning it in this week daniel phoning it in all right so uh we are here now with uh daniel yost a great friend of the show member of our league daniel how are you doing this evening hey doing well thanks for asking how are you doing you know i'm doing good i'm doing good i don't often get that question thrown back at me despite whatever michael might have said about putting me on the spot for an interview one of these days uh well daniel i uh, i know you've been with us for three years uh I'm sure that uh, that the guys feel like they can definitely trust you. You're going to be around, but I don't know that they know much about you. And uh, I, I guess I'd like to ask, what's what's something we can know about you? I I know a little bit about you, but what what would you say to the rest of the guys or to um, all nine people who listen to this podcast, including my mother? Every time, how how many times are you going to reference your mother? on each podcast it's you know like my mother it's at least three times per podcast but that's all right I she's an inspiration all right if she actually does listen to this podcast i'd like to also say hello to connor's mother <clears throat> anyway for those of you don't, who don't know i'm connor's future brother-in-law i'll be marrying his sister in three weeks from last saturday 
in uh, San Francisco. Um, he was kind enough to invite me to this awesome league three years ago, and um, I accepted. And I didn't say anything in the group chat for like probably the first full year I was part of it. And um, but now I feel like I'm a part of the part of the group. I've been accepted. And it's a, it's probably the coolest fantasy football t- uh, league I've been a part of, for sure. Well, it's you've definitely become a part of our core six. You know, other people may come and go, but it's uh, it's almost a given now. All right, we have our six. The other well, four of as long as, I, as long as I don't talk shit to the commish, I'll <laughs> I'll get an invite back, right? Yeah, here's a a little public service announcement from your commissioner if it hasn't been mentioned in the podcast i have yet to record because we're recording on a monday night uh sorry for being grumpy this weekend ladies and gentlemen uh i mean not to you jace jace you're an asshole but um daniel i do owe you an apology you had every right to gloat at my shit team uh but you know i think being able to shit talk and i think uh the fact that we're able to do these kind of interviews is a lot of what keeps me a part of this league what what keeps you being a part of our core six the last three years what keeps you coming back um so like I've, I've obviously done fantasy football in the past uh like with work people or just like random leagues on yahoo or whatever but this obviously like we've got a i mean we've got a an active group chat like you always had news like i've never been in a league like this where there's all this like activity and i was like i don't know it's like feels like I'm actually part of something that's cool, um, you know, and it gives me something like it lets me pay attention to the rest of the league outside of my lowly Broncos. <clears throat> and I know you can uh, commiserate with me uh, as far as. Ooh, yeah. Well, Niners. Yeah. Whoa. 49ers. Well, actually, I want to hit on uh, the Broncos because I know talked about how you and I knew each other and uh, how we were fortunate to get you to stick with our or to join our league but you're originally from the Denver area no I was actually born in Southern California uh, and I moved to Denver when I was in first grade and lived there until most recently what was that 2017 last year and then me and Casey moved to Boston and now we're in Boston so I lived in Denver the majority of my life uh, grew up a huge Denver sports fan, Broncos, Rockies, Nuggets, kind of the avalanche. I'm not a huge hockey fan, but definitely Broncos will always be number one. And I will never be a Patriots fan. Never. And I know uh, we have Patriots fans in the group. Yeah, I was going to say, it's funny because so, so much of our league, out of uh, 10 people, there's three of you who are... Uh, I won't say currently living in Boston, but have ties to Boston now. There's you living in Boston, and uh, I, I'm going to say, interestingly enough, rooting for the Red Sox to win the World Series, which they did. Yeah. Um, was that just a fuck the Dodgers? Yes, most okay. definitely. Oh, as <laughs> we're on video chat, my uh, my sister's showing me her Red Sox jacket. <sighs> well, I mean, we've lived here for a year over a year now and we've been to several Sox games and they're not in the Rockies you know like they're in the American League and so I've kind of adopted them as my AL team of choice um and I would never root for the Dodgers to win like I hate everything LA sports basically 
Okay. I I respect that opinion. And uh, in fact, I I also identify because living up in Seattle, I have had to um, tolerate. I'm going to use that word. The Mariners is my AL team. Uh, I don't <laughs> really care for the American League, yeah. but let the pitchers, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. F- free Bumgarner. I want to see. Uh, I want to see more pitchers who rake. Um. Well, all right. So, uh, as you mentioned, you started with us in sixteen. I've mentioned you've been with us for three years. This is your your third year. Um. So you've been with us since uh, basically we got our shit figured out. But I uh, did a little digging before this interview, and uh, honestly, it looks like you got your shit figured out this year because the first year you played, uh, you ended up seven and eight. That was I think we still were playing in week 17 back then. So there were more games during the regular season that put you seventh overall, um, which honestly for the way that that year shook out was really good for you to walk in and be able to play like that. Um, You ended up six and eight the next year, but sixth again, we lost one game that year. And I think uh, pulling into sixth place, based on our new structure would have put you right there in uh, in the playoffs but this year you are uh, in it, I know that the Monday night game is still going but unless Gronk literally is gonna ride a unicorn through the end zone 20 times I'm fucked so you have a six and two record and you lead the southern division of our league this year Uh that puts you very squarely in by contention for the first week of our six-person playoff. How are you feeling about how you're doing this year? Cautiously optimistic. Um, I still feel like I don't know what I'm doing, and uh, every decision that I make is wrong. Um, oh. I have zero confidence in my ability to, like, do anything basically when i'm setting my lineup um so anything that any success that i've had up to this point has been strictly just luck um and like looking at my bench this week like i made all the right decisions basically except for just like i still don't trust deshaun jackson but like basically he's the if i would have started him i would i would have beat you by 70 instead of 60 so like it's fine now now i have a family um (laughs) <laughs> but like um, i don't know just i i don't know this year i've just i've spent a little bit more time on twitter hmm. and just like you know playing the analytics game you know like actually thinking about it and i don't know i'm not making excuses for my performance the last two years but i'm actually giving a shit this year and i think it's uh, paying dividends you know, I think it really is. Uh, it also doesn't hurt when you're able to uh, to swap James Conner for, uh, or rather, get James Conner for Devontae Freeman. Uh, I don't know what poor schmuck made that trade with you. Oh, wait, that's me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, no, it, what's funny is you talk about a lot of luck. And we were talking a bit before the podcast uh, recording started for this. And you were saying that uh, actually it might have been over uh, over Messenger. You were saying that you 
were really just looking to rack up a few short-term wins before James Conner hit the bench. And lo and behold, maybe this is his last week and we're all, you know, talking like this is the the way of the future for not. But man, I don't see how you run a guy for nine weeks and then, well, eight weeks and then turn around and... Especially with the way the way the NFL is these days, like there's not that one dominant back that often on a team. Like with what John, James Conner's done this year, like if Love Bell did report, it would be criminal not to give him a healthy amount of touches anyway. Yeah. So I feel like he's a safe, you know, he's a safe bet the rest of the year. Yeah. Well, and I think. Uh... Another interesting thing to look at as it comes to our matchup this week specifically, not to take away from the number of weeks you've had in excellent uh, excellent matchups and excellent uh, choices, but if we look at the other trade we made, yeah. uh, which you, ha- you had to have been paying attention to this. I'm going to be really mad if you paid attention and I didn't, uh, or if we both didn't pay attention, I guess. But we, of course, oh, traded... Yeah my OBJ and my Marlon Mack for your Julio Lamar Miller and Kenny Galladay. And that was uh, two weeks ago now. So we were able to play them each last week. And I, I can tell you uh, your insight about how you've been paying more attention. I obviously have not been because I didn't even pay bye weeks any attention and realized that I was trading you someone who had uh, or excuse me, I was trading with you so that Julio's bye week was our matchup, but OBJ's <laughs> was not. Yeah. So I did. My... I'll be honest, I didn't pay attention. Like that was not. <laughs> God damn it! I wish it would have been. Like you know, I. Uh, it's hilarious. I don't. I don't blame anyone for not listening to my advice on this podcast, based on the very fact that I played Kenny Galladay as my wide receiver too. And if we are being perfectly honest, if you still had Julio and Galladay, he would have been either your wide receiver two or yeah. or your flex, and I would have had OBJ's seventeen points. Yeah. So um, I would have started Deshaun Jackson probably, and he did all right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, retrospect is a bitch, yeah. and I don't like getting stuck in the middle of it. But I would have. I would have probably picked up Marvin Jones Jr. off of waivers and crushed you anyway. Yeah, I I was going to grab him, and then I was like, I already have Galladay. Yeah, it's fine. It's so hard. You don't want to get... I don't. I had that. I had that same like dilemma when it came to starting two fucking like the tight end and the running back for the Indianapolis Colts. Like, yeah. do I really want two starters for the Colts? And it turned out it, like it worked out okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, just, I'm mad. I'm mad because I have tried to outsmart the system. I've tried to flip players this year. Uh, I I saw on Johnson from the very beginning, for example, and I've kept him. He hasn't popped off. When Marlon Mack came back and I picked him up, I didn't even play him a week to let him pop off. Uh, I traded him away. James Conner, I picked up off waivers before week one. And right. I traded him away. I've I've found honestly, I've found good talent, but I my foible is I either don't trust it or I get antsy and try to trade for what's supposedly a sure thing. 
And uh, I'm not making excuses for my performance all season. Obviously, a two and six record speaks for itself. But man, there are some things you just can't plan for. But you know what? That's not what uh, this interview is about. Um, how have you felt about all the trades you've made? Not just the two we've covered between us, but you had another with Jace, I believe. Yeah, it was. It was just kind of. I don't even remember the details. Like I have to go back. And hold on, I can pull activity. I don't know. I don't even have it. I don't even remember. I like. I got Carlos Hyde, I got Carlos Hyde and Ke- Kenny Galladay, and I gave him Tyreek Hill because I didn't think like Tyreek Hill's too big of a risk for me. Like, he's just so boomer bust, basically. And I thought I needed some depth, and it turned out like, and then I flipped you know, Kenny Galladay to you, and I still have Carlos Hyde, who ended up getting traded to the Jags, but I feel like now that Leonard Fournette's out, he might have some usage down the road, so he's kind of good to, you know, have stashed. I forget who else was involved in that trade, though. Do you remember? I feel like it was a two-for-one. I think you got it. Okay, it? it? was just yeah. having Galladay and Terry Kill. Okay, yeah, I feel like, well, I, feel like I won the trade. You know, it with how you were able to flip Galladay, that was a hell of a win because uh, I remember you were originally offering me Julio and I think it it was Funchess. You were offering me Julio, Funchess, and Lamar Miller and I didn't trust Miller who's come through two weeks in a row now. Uh, So I wanted a little bit more assurance with that second wide receiver. And... I've screwed myself. I have held on to the only pieces on my team that have flopped for me. Uh, That would be Chris Thompson. That would be Sterling Shepard. Ezekiel Elliott has not been as consistent. Those are the only pieces. Was Julio Jones your first overall pick? Like, who was your first pick in the draft? Was it Julio? No, it was OBJ. OBJ, OBJ, I'm sorry. Uh, No, 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 Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, Ezekiel. Yeah, because I traded you for Julio. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was dumb. Um, but man, that's why fantasy is so interesting is even if I didn't make any of those trades, I probably still wouldn't have played all these people when they went off because that's just how it goes. So yeah. uh, not to trigger Jace any further, but yeah, it is a lot of luck. <laughs> totally. It is. It's like fishing, but if you had to fish blindfolded and without a map or compass that's really what it's like jace if you if you really like that fishing analogy um well i guess uh moving into something a little bit more concrete than the complex dilemmas of how shitty some simple decisions can feel uh what's what's a way that you decide between two similar players in a week you know what kept you from choosing uh from choosing Deshaun Jackson over uh, Demarius Thomas this week. Uh, I'm a Broncos fan, and Demarius's name is literally in the name of my team. So you're just gonna you're gonna write it out. Period. Man, if he I, there's some rumors today that he's getting traded to the Patriots, and I swear if that happens, I'm keeping him because that'd be awesome. I feel like he would really thrive in that system, and. Like, I don't think Josh Gordon is the answer there in New England, and they need, like, a playmaker. So that'd be cool if he uh, if he got traded there. Like, the Broncos season's done, so. Um, but as far as, I don't know, I just don't trust Deshaun Jackson and Tyreek Hill. Like, they're basically the same player to me. Mm-hmm. And I just, 
Like, it's either he's going to get 20 points or he's going to get, like, three. You know? Yeah. And I, just, I don't like... I don't like having that in my lineup. So I feel like DT is always good for, you know, a few catches. Maybe he'll get a touchdown. The Broncos offense is just like not great this year. Case Keenum's pretty much ass. And uh, I don't know. Oh, Gronk's in the red zone. Yes, he is. And I don't know why I care except (laughs) Gronk's my boy. My special boy. Uh, I don't know. So like there's not a lot that goes into my decision making besides like the projected points, I'm a I'm a big believer in that. Like I basically like the whatever has the highest I know this is not a good like strategy, but if I have a high projection, like I have confidence going into the game, the matchup. Well, a lot of people try to make fun of others for being uh projection whores, right? For yeah. wanting the high totally. numbers. But the thing you gotta remember is they pay analysts to rank these people appropriately and to give them those projections it's not like espn isn't sitting somewhere in a dark room saying gronk yeah give him a dozen right people are pouring over numbers they're they're calculating outcomes so i respect that i know uh sometimes if two people are projected similarly um that's Mm -hmm. when you know i look at upside stuff like that i know everybody has very similar outlooks on stuff like that um like yeah matchups and defenses and all that jazz same yeah it's basically the same answer every single like one of your guests is given yeah it's uh it's i think the safe answer because nobody likes showing off their hand um they prefer to keep those things pretty close to the close to the chest because i got tons of secrets and i'm not telling anybody (laughs) uh we were making the joke earlier that my uh we may have had a uh, Jenny McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy situation on our hands with the way my sister was talking uh, early when we got on Skype and she's shaking her head. No, now uh, it has since been proven that that's not the case. She does not run his team, but how funny would that be? Uh, yes. Well, I, uh, I guess my, uh, my next question for you then is who, who do you look at? as a uh, a player that if you don't have him now you are looking forward to trying to go and buy on him get him on your team because you think he's a, a league winner or you think he will be on the ultimately uh league winning team as far like as far as that goes it pains me to say that anybody but Tyreek Hill for the Chiefs is <laughs> what's going on <laughs> so like the Chiefs have it have it going on right now. Um, if you have Travis Kelsey or uh, Kareem Hunt, I think you're in good shape every week, especially with how like like shallow the tight end position is this year. Like Travis Kelsey's huge. Kareem Hunt, like the way he catches out of the backfield, and like the way Patrick Mahomes checks down a lot, and like they break. They break out for long runs and, and screens and all that. And Mahomes is just – I did not expect this, like, from from him this year. Like, he's awesome. He's a – he's going to be a force for a long time. And I hate it because I'm a huge Broncos fan and the Chiefs are going to be better than the Broncos for a good, a good, a good while. 
Uh, well, so basically anybody on the Chiefs besides Tyree, Tyree Kill, because I think he's too inconsistent. I I actually uh, I kind of concur with that, especially the Mahomes uh, insight. Because let's be honest, if any of us knew that Mahomes was going to pop off, I don't think we would have let Christian get Mahomes and yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and choose to be able to bench one or the other. That that to me is ridiculous. Um, we have a lot of multi quarterback teams, which is also yeah. a bit ridiculous to me. Um, yeah, kit one guy you can trust and keep him save your bench spots. But I'm riding Ben Roethlisberger, man. He's he's a he's con- he's consistent. He gets he gets me 19 points, 17, 19 points a game, and that's all I can really ask for at this point. Yeah. It's, you know, consistency, I think, is uh, is something that I foolishly chased a lot this season. That's why I traded away James Conner, expecting more consistency out of a recovered Devontae Freeman. We all know how that happened. Uh, but, uh, you know, you got to go with the flow. This is a year of horrible tight end play, and maybe a smarter choice three weeks ago would have been for me to give away Gronk despite the fact that I've literally had Gronk with me every single year of this league. And I think even when he's been uh, sent to the IR during the year, I keep him on my bench because my team's always named after Gronk, you know? Would you have to change your name if you traded Gronk? Is that, like, what are the rules behind that? Like, uh, I have Demarius, but if I got rid of him, would I have to change my name? Personally, I think... If your team name is associated with a player, you should own the player. But if your team name changes to a non-associated, like player-associated name, like uh, you can do whatever you want. I mean, honestly, we have a, a pretty bad example this year with uh, Austin's goodwill hunting. Uh, although I guess he does still have Kareem Hunt this year. Just... That's the same name as last year, man. Come on, get it together. Um, and honestly, we have uh, we have a, what I think is an acceptable name in uh, in John's name, Woodenville Musamania. It's because John's last name is Musis. Yeah, uh, that's, that's probably the best name in the league right now. Yeah, well, especially with that freaky looking little icon he has there. What the? F- is that like some? Pederaf Moose from Canada. I can't even tell what that is. Mm. It's a moose head on a cricket player jersey. John, you're going to have to clarify this in our interview, man. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we, we, have some, uh, we have some great team names. And I think I'm a big fan of changing names mid-season because I find that hilarious to see what people can think of but i'm not going to force that on anyone um well i guess i can let you get on this last question and uh you've heard it from everyone so far as boring as their answers have been but what is your sunday routine or some favorite snacks favorite drinks that you you just have to have if football's on um so my sunday routine casey's usually working uh so i have the house to myself and we're on the east coast so we have a late start one o'clock uh so i mean just whatever is around the house i don't even know 
Like sometimes I'll sneak a pizza, even though we're supposed to be on keto, the keto diet, or uh, I'll just eat like chicharrones or something because those are good for keto. And uh, also, if anyone's listening that hasn't bought an air fryer yet, you should go out and buy one of those immediately because we make hot wings like four times per week and they always come out perfect and you can cook anything in this air fryer there's no mess no grease we just we just enjoyed some wings tonight it was they were great and also for drinks we're big craft beer people um but that's not good for keto either so i'll usually have like a jameson and soda water i have my uh my older sister freaking out on the side she really wants to say something i don't know what you can chime in. You're not on okay, a silence. Thank you. All right, listen. He's fucking lying because the only pizza place that he buys from is closed on Sundays, so he's full of shit. The pizza is not part of his Sunday routine. Chow is closed on Sundays. But, Try me. But you know it was right across the no, street? Yeah. 7-Eleven. Seven, ew, you get 7 Oh, That's why his weight loss has stalled, friends. I'm not trying to lose any weight. Buy you an air fryer. Make you some chicken wings. P.S. I am not working on Sundays. I've been at home bowling, practicing bowling with this fella. Are we going to? I've been cooking for him. Cut off the interview. No, no, no. We're not done here. (laughs) Cut it off. She's been working up until the last, like, two Sundays. Like three. So I don't know why she's getting all dramatic. All I'm saying is that, okay, for a Sunday... I, I, I will echo what he was saying, and that's that an air fryer, which is a really easy-to-use um, countertop appliance. It's, like, kind of the size of a crock pot, but more vertical as opposed to horizontal. You can put some wings in there, and with no additional oil, you can mess-free make yourself some pretty fantastic hot wings. So he and I make ourselves wings um, several times a week, but, mm-hmm. like... You know, you buy yourself some wings from the grocery store. You're talking like two fifty a pound compared to what you'd pay for a buffalo wing, like from a B dubs or something. Yeah, and they're garbage. Huh. Guys, don't don't consume vegetable oils. They're highly inflammatory. Oh Jesus! So... Here we go. That's for a different <laughs> yeah. podcast. This is uh, this is my sister, the educated dietitian here as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um. But really, it, it's a really foolproof way to make hot wings. Like 20 minutes and you have pounds of hot wings at your disposal. Super cheap, too. So Costco has air fryers on sale for $49.95 right now, guys. Jesus. Well, I will tell you what. This may very well actually be the most useful bit of advice on this podcast to date. <laughs> And it comes from our resident Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> no, god damn it. I don't want that rip. Fuck. No, never mind. I said nothing. You know what? Daniel eats 7 you know Eleven pizza. Are you fucking kidding me? You know what else she did, Connor? She finessed your ass on that OBJ Julio Jones trade. That was all her. I don't. I she, literally have never heard any of these words. I'm pretty yeah. sure that she thinks Julio Jones is a relative. <laughs> it sounds like a beverage. Is that- <laughs> That's uh, that's one of Papa's relatives out in Indiana, right, sis? Yeah, Julio? yeah, yeah. You know, tobacco farmer Julio Jones. He was a a seasonal a migrant worker, but you know, when that wall went up, oh no, I had to marry him in. Oh Lord, I have got to stop this recording. That's All funny. right, 
thank you so much, Daniel and uh, sis. Honestly, on my ride home, on my ride to work, it's going to be a, a hoot. Thank you both for uh, for taking the time. And uh, <laughs> Lauren, go out to Costco, all of my bachelor and uh, trying to impress ladies' friends. Let's save your kitchens. Get that oil out of that kitchen. Exactly. All right, you guys. Thank you again. Thanks, Connor. Love you. Later, buddy. Bye. See you in a couple weeks. I'd like to... Uh, thank Daniel for taking the time and uh, really I'd like to thank my sister for making sure that this podcast actually had something relevant and perhaps that people could work off of because as I said I'm kind of depressed so you guys get to know who was traded and you get to know how much I hate Jameis Winston but I'm pretty useless this week after that um man (laughs) It's a good thing we're in a redraft league, and uh, I'll tell you why I say that. Because if this was a dynasty, people would be trading away pieces right now in the interest of not having uh, not having to deal with the rest of the season being in contention and racking up draft picks next year. And in fact, I want to get to that point. Four trades that involve draft picks and we we can do this we can do a little draft pick trading i keep a little ledger of it and we make it happen the following year but let's say somebody came to me and they said connor you suck which is entirely within someone's right okay but if they said connor you you're horrible give me feeling let him live a beautiful life off your team where he might actually get to see the sunlight let him blossom like he has in real football because right now he is stuck on the shitty little island that is Gronk with the wind. And to tell you what, to sweeten the deal, you know, instead of just seeing him flower and, and bloom and win a championship with me, I'll also give you my first round draft pick next year. Well, you know, somebody like me is going to say, hey, that's a great idea. It's like two weeks before the playoffs. I know I'm not in it. Well, that's where I'm about to institute this rule. The end of week 10, as in waiver day week 10, that is, okay, I'll say the at the end of the Wednesday following week 10's matchups. That's not tomorrow. That's two weeks from tomorrow, end of day. Uh assuming that you're listening to this on Wednesday, uh, Halloween. Oh, I guess that makes that easy. Does that Wednesday the 13th? Stand by. The, uh, the point being, no more trades involving any sort of future draft picks as of the Wednesday following... Nope, that makes that Wednesday a 14. Uh, following... At the end of day, Wednesday the 14th, as in 12 midnight Pacific time, or 11.59 p.m. Pacific time, no more trades that involve draft picks. I know some of you won't even think about it, but I don't want to get right up against actual playoffs and then just have people go flitting away their shit so they can go for a run next year. You know what I mean? I assume all y'all are very similar that nobody 
nobody wants to give it all up. I don't think that's very sportsmanlike, but I'll tell you what, I'm putting that rule in anyway. And anybody who defies that, first of all, I'll veto the trade. I'll completely undo it. And second of all, there will be point deficits for each member who tried to make that trade. Uh, specifically the member who is looking like making the playoffs. Um, and don't think you can get around it by uh, just making a lopsided trade and then not saying that it's for something like a draft pick next year, right? Because nobody is that stupid. Adam Thielen for Golden Tate is not a fair trade. Uh, don't Just don't try it. I'm okay with trading up until that point. I'm okay with trading as long as the trades are equal after that point. I don't want to have a trade deadline. I think that's stupid. Absolutely stupid. But I won't tolerate people cashing in now, selling their soul, Nathan, to make sure they win. So with that in mind, I... I don't know that there's a lot more to talk about. If uh, if you don't want to have a thriller the next time you try to make some wings, you can follow my sister's advice and uh, go get yourself an air fryer. I wasn't that scared. I guess until I have more culinary tips for you next time, everybody. I uh, I'm your host, Chef Connor Jones, signing off.